Hi, spots and cheap pops! Ladies and gentlemen, arguably the most historic day in professional wrestling at least the last 50 years. And we are here to take you through it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Silicon Steve Valley. I'm with Lottie Dottie. Oh, and he is partying. He's partying like it's 1979. Last time Vince McMahon was not head. The last decade that Vince McMahon was not head of WWE in some capacity, particularly creative. Lottie Dottie today, Vince McMahon, with under... The scrutiny of the investigation of the alleged sexual liaisons with a lot of people and some maybe inappropriate paying $12 million in hush money. Over that, we get Vincent Kennedy McMahon retiring, saying goodbye to the WWE universe via a press release, I believe, not even in front of them as he did not show up on SmackDown. Lottie Dottie, your initial reaction when you heard Vincent Kennedy McMahon is stepping away from the professional wrestling and sports entertainment business. My initial reaction was like, uh, it was a little bit of shock, but I felt that this coming. Um, I, especially with the way the pieces have been played, Stephanie returning, uh, the investigation continuing, Rumors of more stories coming out and then all of a sudden waking up this morning and you're hearing that Triple H is back as uh, executive vice president and head of uh, talent relations. I'm like thinking you and I even exchanged some words on text and we're like, both, hey, like great move. This is like they're moving in a good spot. And then by the end of the day, Vince retires. So this must have been a really interesting, historic Mind-blowing day in Stanford or Greenwich, Connecticut, right? No, Stanford. That's where the Stanford. So Stanford. Stanford. Um, yeah. So Stanford, Connecticut. Like, so this, like, they never probably felt that this day would actually come. It would, it would like arrive, and then here it is. And uh, I didn't actually see the press releases as of just this moment, but I did see his tweet, and I thought. I'm like, wow, he he played it to the age and basically getting older and it, it was his time to go all of a sudden as if there was no no other reason to leave at this moment. Uh, Vince, they broke the mold when they made him. Yeah, I mean, there's no other way to say it. <laughs> there's a lot of other ways to say it, actually, if you really think about it, because when you think about Vince McMahon, and and I don't want to get too much as I'm, I'm almost, I don't want to say devoid of emotion, but this is, I don't know if I'm still setting into the realization or I don't know if I should be happy or sad. Vincent man is a very polarizing person. He's even polarizing within myself because I realize he's helped a lot of people and he's created this magical place and brought professional wrestling into a new era, a new age where he's going, his influence is going to be felt for generations to come. But he also was really, really shitty to a lot of people. Really shitty. It was. Not just, the women, not just the women. There were a lot of professional wrestlers 
that have, have made accusations toward Vince. He's fired people unceremoniously. He's treated people like absolute dog shit. Vince McMahon is the perfect example of humanity, the yin and the yang. There's a lot of negatives and a lot of positives. I would say the last 20 years has been arguably the most negative of his entire career, the last 10 years. And you could start with CM Punk dropping that pipe on that moment forward. I think there was a shift in the kind of respect he was getting from every WWE superstar. Yeah. I think a lot of them thought he was out of touch. A lot of them thought he was no longer the genius that created this business to what it is today. And many people can argue he wore out his welcome, particularly creatively, but also in the manner in which he did business and the way he spoke to people. And I don't think that this is remotely not probable. And this is probable. There's going to be a lot more shit coming out for about Vince McMahon. So I'm not going to praise him right now because I am in fear that something really, really terrible might come out because of it. That was against him. Because why would you essentially give all of your detractors, everybody, the middle finger when this first report first comes out and the second report comes out, still having this laissez-faire attitude, business as usual. He's not going anywhere. He's not backing down. But all of a sudden, to your point, Triple H is named and he retires. Somebody forced that dude out. It's that simple. Vince McMahon, the most powerful man in this business, was no longer the most powerful man in this business for the first time in five decades. Tomorrow morning, we wake up and Vince McMahon no longer will have the stranglehold on the business that he held since the early 80s. That's a fact. He left this business better than what he, how he left it by far. However, there's a lot of talk about souls. There's a lot of skeletons in the Vince McMahon closet. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. These four women and the $12 million. Oh, yeah. This Absolutely. could be, this, like I said, what I said in pre-production, this could very much be a Bill Cosby situation. A Joe Paterno situation. It might not. Maybe this is it. And Vince just decided it's too much shit. I don't, I don't feel like doing it all, all of a sudden. But that would fly against every single solitary thing we know about Vince McMahon. Everyone predicted, quote, he would die in the chair. Who the hell would think Vincent Kennedy McMahon would be outlasted by nature boy Ric Flair as Flair has his last match in a week and, a, and next, next weekend? Wow. Ric Flair wins, everybody. Whoever had that when Flair was on his deathbed. Ric Flair beats Vince. Wow. Can you believe he outlasted him? <laughs> Whoever had Ric Flair. I mean, you talk about a cockroach. That's the big thing. Ric Flair. I'm still going, baby. Woo! <laughs> Ric Flair lasted in this business longer than McMahon. That is, I never thought about that till just now. So Ric Congratulations to Nature Boy Ric Flair. You made it by a week. And cutting one of the most interesting storylines in wrestling right now. <laughs> With a quick video. Amazing. It is incredible. So that's that's where I'm feeling about it. Now, now that because I so not to go deep into it, we'll have another couple of videos, I believe, here where we kind of go through some of the biggest moments in McMahon's, but 
We're going to do a little bit of a wait and see and see what comes out more about Vince McMahon because I don't think that's going to be that. We haven't heard, like you just said, we have only gotten the tip of the iceberg. But now the fallout from WWE, who's who do you think takes over? Are they going to, is Bruce Pritchard going to survive this? Let's go to that. That's going to be the first question we have. Dottie Dottie, does Bruce Pritchard stay with WWE now that his mentor and really his savior and companion and biggest yes man available since Laurinaitis already kind of got put on ice? Does Pritchard survive this? Wow. Um, you know what? I think it'll hinge on how complicit he was with what was going on behind the scenes. Um, I, I would think, even though he's like Vince's yes man, I wouldn't be shocked if he actually gets along with Stephanie and Triple H. However, if he was involved in like on the Laronitis level, yeah, he's done for sure. They wouldn't even have a choice in it. Yeah. It's hard to kind of tell a guy by his podcast, but I heard a lot. I I got into uh, something to wrestle with back in 2017 and 2018. And it was before he was working with WWE again. And he just doesn't come off as a guy that would work, that would do those scumbag kind of maneuvers. He just doesn't. He was maybe a little bit of a drunk, definitely loves his weed, but he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would engage in that kind of shit. I don't know him, though. But he just comes off as a very... He's full of shit sometimes, don't get me wrong. But... I just don't, you know, but they're awful. I mean, if you, if you're an, an old time with a podcast, you're probably full of shit in some way. Um, you gotta be a good storyteller. Yeah. And you have to add some things to it and what have you and, and whatever, but they, you know, but I, I just don't think he seems like to keep his note when it comes to the scandals, he never really knew about anything. Even the Montreal screw job, he was kept in the dark. It seems like Vince, almost shielded him, Bruce Pritchard, for the real controversial fucked up things that was going on. I think that might be where we are with this. They're saying that uh, Kevin Dunn is going to be out. I think Kevin Dunn is wore out his welcome. A lot of people think he's a douchebag. A lot of people think he was a a big time it was abusive in behind the scenes uh there have been reports that he has been complicit in a lot of the vince mcmahon stuff and i maybe you told me but what do you know vladi triple h's relationship with kevin dunn has it been good i heard stephanie and kevin dunn might not even be on the best of terms but obviously none of them have said anything publicly what have you heard he was like you know it's my understanding he, he and vince were really tight um his allegiance, from what I have read, watched, you know, uh, just have been informed on, uh, was that like he was he was just always Team Vince, and I could see, especially his position, because he is basically it's their program is going through his lens, if you will, and that is the ultimate eye and the ultimate creative person in this. You change him, this show is going to start looking different, just naturally. And um, they might do some things similarly. They might change some things. Um, it's a good, another way to turn a negative page away and start anew. So, um, yeah, I, it's it's probably for the best that he leaves. I can't see Triple H, Stephanie, and most importantly, Nick Khan being a, yeah, he's like the master of propaganda for Vince McMahon. We're going to leave him behind the, you know, behind the lens. In the, in the director's chair, basically, you know? 
who do you think takes over behind the behind the gorilla position? Is it going to be Ooh. Triple H? Is it Shawn Michaels? They bring him up from NXT because he's been doing it at NXT. Who's doing it? I could see it being Triple H, especially initially. It'll be interesting to see. I think a lot of people are optimistic that WWE program might actually get better now with under Triple H, a guy who probably has his pulse on professional wrestling a little bit more than Vince did, clearly. And a lot of people are actually really exciting. A lot of people are celebrating. And a lot of people are, and it's been a very divisive, obviously WWE, only WWE, pro WWE people, completely supportive of Vince. Don't think, similar to what Chris Jericho said, you know, it was shitty that he did it, but he didn't do anything illegal and use his own money. That's not where we're at, folks. There's going to be a lot of bombs being dropped, as we think. But the fact remains, though, is that people are really supportive. And I, I wonder dis- how disgusting of an act will have to be proven for people to say, OK, he deserved it, opposed to the people who are apologizing on being almost a Vince apology- apologists. I was asking. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm not. Uh, yeah, like honestly, it, it, when you bring up the 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 apologist part of it, watching the Stephanie, watching Stephanie open SmackDown tonight, um, her her ga- getting that thank you Vince chant was like, it was kind of interesting moment. Like, um, I get it. They they're getting caught up in the moment with especially with his daughter bringing the news to them. Um. But then I, I, I often I'm kind of wondering as well, like how, you know, genuine was it really? You know, considering all this, like, are people that blind and don't care uh, exactly what he's accused of doing? Probably in many cases. And then there's others that are probably, like, my God, this guy is probably a monster. So, well, and that that's the funny thing, and it, and it's not just another issue for the internet wrestling community to destroy each other over. Like, you know, if you're just yes. a pro pro AEW guy and you hate WWE that you're celebrating. Fuck you. Fuck you. Tony beat Vince. Tony, Tony put Vince out of, out of to, to put Vince out of the business, not out of business, but put him out of the business. Tony Khan won. Like people are saying that it's like, come on guys. Let's not, you know, we don't have to celebrate this. There's no reason to celebrate this because there's going to be a lot of pain that might come with this. And there already has been a lot of pain that came with this. There's four women who had to lose their dignity, got very rich doing it, but they lost their dignity in that company. And if, and another woman who wasn't even, I don't even know if she, and she wasn't even part of the four, or maybe it was, was she the one, did we have to be decide if the uh, female referee from the eighties, was she one of the four women? Was she the first? Yeah. She was the first woman, right? Uh, she was the first woman to come out and say that there was a situation going on with, you know, that Vince forced himself on her. Um, and well, that, she said that rape. Broke. She told Geraldo rape, but no and one's ever corroborated rape. rape with him. Yeah. Until recently. Well, Mario Mancini, the great Mario Mancini, didn't right. corroborate rape. He said what it was wrong, and, it, and does he think it could have been? He never said Vince raped her. That's one. We've got to be very clear about that. We don't want to spread any rumors and 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 be called bullshit artists ourselves. Um, but it started with her. That's and then it started with the rumor of that one woman. And then it had the three other women. So it was totally four women and 12 men. Just like the the Ozark. It's not, you know, those are only just the four times he's gotten caught so far. You think those are the only four times he's done that? 
There is no way on the planet. And there's no way on the planet. Look, Stephanie, and and I don't know if it was on genuine. I don't know. I mean, because you're a McMahon. You know how to act. Um, But she looked like she was being human, which is she's probably the best man to act like that, (laughs) clearly. Um, Way better than Linda. Well, we can go in about Linda. Jesus Christ. Um, But Stephanie, (laughs) Stephanie Cuckold, Cuckold McMahon, that's what we call Linda around here. Cuckold. Hey, as long as I get a spot on the Trump cabinet, I'll be fine. Hmm. Okay, Vince, you can bang your 20-year-olds. I don't care if you're 75 and banging 20-year-olds. I'm in the cabinet. Hmm. Might as well call me Mrs. Butterworths. That's right. I said Mrs. Butterworths, not Aunt Jemima, liberals, pussies. That's right, Vince. Stick your dick in the 25-year-old. I don't care. Linda, yeah. It was, really, it's amazing. It's like you became her. I, Hillary Clinton and Linda McMahon are there. I know they're opposite ends of the political realm, but Jesus Christ. Okay, go ahead. Bang anyone you want. This marriage is a complete sham and it always has been, but I'm going to use it to further my career. But hey, got to love a woman getting ahead in the world. It's all business. It's all business, baby. It's all business. But Stephanie was very emotional in the beginning, and she seems she had that moment was like, all right, guys, give me a chance. I can get through this. And there was not at the end of it. If you saw it, she didn't. She mouthed, I love you, dad. When the fans were chanting his name. So that but the, the, I thought Stephanie coming out instead of Vince, I thought that was very telling to, again, another bomb that will be dropped on Vince, Vince McMahon. Something big is on the horizon. Part of the agreement of this retirement might include that he is not allowed to go back on WWE television until the dust settles, basically. Well, we have a breaking we have a breaking breaking news. Ladies and gentlemen, let's show this graphic right here. Vince McMahon is all elite. All right. Oh, he was just fired for creative disagreements. Never mind. He wanted to put the title. He wanted to put the title on the big Indian guy. And Tony Khan said no. And then they got into a big fight and Vince banged Tony's wife and then left. Is Tony Khan married? I don't think so. It's weird that neither you or I know that for sure. I mean, no, he's like a child. Isn't he like a 15 year old kid or something? Well, every time he sees one of these guys that he signs, he hugs them like he's like a 10 year old kid. Oh, my God. Definitely, guys. I just think it's a really great show. Are you guys doing great? <laughs> Woo! Who cuts a better promo, him or negative one? <laughs> <laughs> Who's in a higher grade, him or negative one? <laughs> they have lunch together. <laughs> Oh, boy. Oh, my God. Negative one. That's so cool. It's so great. Hey, can I have your snack pack? Are you going to finish that Lunchable? Your dad was so great. Your dad was so great. So amazing. Can I wear your can I wear your mask? (laughs) But uh, 
it's just it's insanity. Uh, what? So you're so you're in, so you're saying Triple H? He takes control. You don't you don't think Rick Pritchard's going to last? You don't think Kevin Dunn's going to last? So the, a lot of things are changing with WWE. It, I don't know if any of that's going to happen. I think at least one of those are going to happen. They need new blood. It's time to shift. The, the, you, you feel the shifting of this company is going to go in. The way they're going to go is to try to continue to make money the way they have been, which includes a lot of shitty program. I'm, I'm worried that they're such a machine now in terms of making money that they're not going to take chances. I don't know if this is going to help creative all that much, to be honest with you, because I think they still are very keen at the idea is they have to make money for the company and they don't can't take these certain chances. Your opinion on that? If this is um, I think I'm going to be an optimist here. I don't think it could get any worse. <laughs> and with Triple H, <laughs> Triple H in power creatively, especially if he if he's up there and he's doing what he's capable of doing, what I've seen him do with NXT back in the day, I would be totally entertained if he took some of those ideas and applied them to this current roster. Does Champa turn on Miz? Champa's going to be the champion now. He's going to beat Roman. Champa, but you know what? If Champa was a stock, you'd want to buy right now. That that's the thing. I think they're going to take the time. This happened very suddenly, folks. There's no way around this. This happened very suddenly. Even though they put Nick Khan and Stephanie McMahon both in place, which is pretty much what was happening anyway. And then Stephanie's going to be the chairwoman. It just there's too many things that are inconsistent. Triple H and Stephanie both were taking a big step back. Then they come back now, and they're seemingly going to be two of the three top officials in the company. And Vince is gone. It is extraordinarily interesting to see what happens. I don't know. I'm actually being a little bit of a pessimist. I am still nervous that the same. I mean, if we're still getting, I mean, Logan Paul is still a WWE superstar. At the end of the day here, we, again, we're still just talking Vince McMahon. Big news here. And it just goes to show you where that I think you've seen a lot of adjustments within the company already. And they're going to have to f- make sure they're probably going to start distancing themselves from Vince a little bit after tonight um, because of this bombshell that's going to be coming. And Stephanie and Triple H have kept their nose clean. And Shane, too, for that matter, have kept their nose clean enough in terms of their own personal lives out there. At the end of the day here, what else do you think in terms of storyline writing? Do you think anything changes here? Does Austin Theory still get the push? Does is Cody Rhodes still going to get that big push when he comes back? Oh, are, yeah. Are they going he's, to? He's, uh, Cody, dude, Cody's not going to anything. Cody's the knight in uh, shining armor here. The Austin Theory thing is going to be interesting because that was literally Vince's hand-picked guy on the main roster mr money in the bank a few weeks ago like they have some sort of plans for him so now how do they play this off and everybody knows why vince retired you know so it's like uh, well i will i will say i think that a lot of people like theory seth rollins wanted to work with him um jim Cornette thinks he's a better work he's one of the best workers in the business obviously he said he's a lot better he's better than kenny omega so, and I'm not, I'm not saying it to be a smart ass. I'm saying it because a lot of people think theory can work really well. So it's not just Vince. So I think theory's probably safe. I don't love what he's been doing. I don't think he's a star yet. I didn't think John Cena was a star when he was getting his first push either. 
So I think Austin Theory, after we have to sit through three or four, hopefully it's not that long, but probably three or four growing pain years until he becomes the superstar that we want him to be or that they want him to be. It'll happen eventually. You know, Cena, I think, found his kind of found his groove in 2006, 2007. But that was three years after he was there. I I couldn't take Cena when he first came in. He he really he really reminds me of Cena. And that's that's where I'm seeing that this kid could very well be a big star for them. I do not see the promo ability that Cena has by any stretch yet, but we'll see. He says his lines very well, just like Baron Corbin. He says his lines perfectly, never flubs them. But are they any, is it ever anything of real content? It's always just this generic heel bullshit. So until I start being moved by his character, I'm not going to give a shit. I don't hate him. I don't think he's horrible, but I, he's not ready to be the world champion. When you have the roster stacked with people like that are on that roster that you can rather push than this kid, I think they should be getting it. You know, give Austin Creed a shot, see what he can do. I'm sorry, Xavier Woods, my bad. You know, put Kevin Owens in it, give Kevin Owens an opportunity again. You know, you can create new stars. Now, not that he's not a new new star, obviously he is, but I don't think he's deserving of this opportunity, and that's where I have a little problem with it. But it doesn't matter what I think. The the die has been cast. It's going to be possibly Theory and Cody Rhodes for the World Championship of WrestleMania. Roman Reigns gets... The Rock, there you go. And I'm not sure how you'd answer this question. Just put it in perspective. Right now, if who would you rather see win the world title? Uh, which one would you think is more interesting? Austin Theory or Drew McIntyre? Who's more interesting? To you. Right now, if, I, if think, you, I think Theory is more interesting to me because I don't really like this whole yeah. I'm cutting things at half gimmick that right, McIntyre right. has right now. Drew McIntyre hasn't been interesting since he came off of injury. Yeah. So yeah, so it, it just that was one name. I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I'd be probably more into like, and, and I know everybody's already saying that McIntyre is going to beat Roman in Scotland or in in the UK or wherever the hell that thing is. It's not over. Not really, man. I, they, it's almost as if he should turn. Well, or give him a good shot and give him some good billing. And right now he doesn't have it. Um, the thing he's doing with Sheamus, they're having really good matches, but we've seen it 3,000 times. Exactly. It's, it's and, Uso's New Day all over again. Oh, don't worry. The, the Usos now fight the Street Profits every single week, including the night on SmackDown, which ended in a disqualification. So the shitty finishes are still happening on SmackDown without Vince. So that wasn't just Vince. Uh, <laughs> so there's that. Um so I, I think for me, I think I don't think either one of them should win the title right now. I think it should be somebody a little bit more epic to beat Roman Reigns. I think if you can. The, oh, no, can, no, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I'm not saying like it should be theory. I'm just I'm like trying to gauge your interest. Like I wouldn't say, hey, Rollins or theory. I'm sure it'd be Rollins. Right. I would so, say like, Rollins. Rollins is the only right, person right, to beat right. to beat Roman one on one to my recollection the last yeah. two years. I mean, granted, it was a decision. It was a disqualification. But Rollins in a main event spot, even though the Royal Rumble was the main event, but Rollins fighting for a title at the Royal Rumble. Rollins put on it. And, you know, I I would have liked to have seen uh, Rollins, but I also wouldn't mind seeing somehow Cody Cody beat Roman at WrestleMania, but that's not going to happen. Right. 
Yeah, and, and you know what I too, I was just trying to gauge like where you saw theory in the on the roster as I was trying to gauge it as well because I I would agree with you. I would take I'd rather see a theory title reign right now than a Drew McIntyre title reign. I don't know where you know who else on the roster might sway me versus theory. Not the saying theory's number one, two, three, or five, whatever. You know, it's yeah, like wouldn't mind, yeah. Um, yeah, but he's he's ahead of one of the main eventers though. Yeah, I mean, McIntyre is not the same guy. I mean, he doesn't have the same interest. He hasn't booked the same. That sword has been, the sword has been very similar to Seth Rollins' laugh. I think yes. they're like, they're these invisible, these yeah. there's glass ceilings that these guys have to really get over with the crowd. Um, but I, I like Rollins. I think you could put Rollins and Roman in a, in a three or four month program and have it really be impactful. Um, I have only wrestled twice, maybe. Because you need to have him wrestle multiple times. We know that. But at the end of the day, I think Rollins would have been the most compelling. But now all this is up in the air. Now WWE is not the predictable thing because we've kind of gotten used to how Vince books. Yeah. And yeah, there's some random weird shit that make no sense sometimes. That's very reactive. A lot of that's going to change. And it is it is exciting. And it's... I'm just not super – I'm just personally not as optimistic, but I think it's going to be a good thing overall. And what can you say about Vince McMahon? He had a legendary career. He is the most influential man this business has ever seen in any – I don't know any entertainment business except for outside of Murrow in broadcasting back in the, you know, the middle of the last century. I don't know who else – just and I, I can't. Murrow didn't even do that. I mean, let's be honest. Who else influenced an entire industry the way Vince McMahon did in the entertainment industry? What sublet of the entertainment industry? What person dominated as much as Vince has for this long? I can't think of anybody. Fifty years. There's nobody. Forty, really, where at the at the very head of the top and be, making WWE what it is today. There's nobody that is that can, can ever say that they accomplished what Vince McMahon did. Yeah, the only thing I would compare it to is this: it's it's like Vince is one guy and has been the the guy in charge, really. But the only thing comparable might be to me is like maybe the Steinbrenner family with the Yankees, hugely successful that span of time, especially yeah. you know since the '70s. But still, you know, it's, it's not George doing it the entire time. My God. Vince has been involved in wrestling my entire life. Yeah. I've watched only his product, really. And besides watching, like, you know, World Class or NWA, WCW, Florida wrestling, like, besides that, like, I have, for the vast majority of my viewing pleasure, has been Vince's product. And, uh, and it is amazing that we've reached this day. It's amazing that tomorrow is, as we lead into, might be one of the more important SummerSlams now. You have the beginning of the post-Vince era. It's You and I were discussing, it's almost like BC and AD in terms of wrestling. here we are. And here we are, yeah. Before Vince, after or after Vince would be, yeah. Um, it's like with Vince and after Vince. Yeah, that's that's the best way to do it. Uh, and 
I think it's in good hands, though. I think they have a lot of competent people that have been doing a lot of good things, and we'll see. And hopefully the product does get better. Dude, want to touch on a couple things after the ESPYs last night. Seth Rollins tweeted a couple things today I thought was very, very interesting. And it got, it got lost in the shuffle with everything happening in WWE. And I actually sent you this tweet earlier. And that tweet said by Seth Rollins. He texted a lot today. Wow. A lot of new stuff today. Oh, my God. Uh, Seth Rollins last late last night said, quote, after, and he's referring to Cody Rhodes winning the ESPY award for what was he WWE star of the year or something? What was his, what did he win? For? Yeah. Mom, I think moment of the year or something. Moment of the year. Yeah. I love Seth Rollins. Cause there's a lot of truth in this. Truly screw this guy. Screw ESPN. Screw WWE and screw you scumbags out there. who Continue to overlook me, discredit me and undermine me. This isn't his kind of, this isn't his character though. He's a jovial. <laughs> Oh, like let's try to try to cut this promo like like Seth Rollins would today. Oh, truly, 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 screw me, screw this guy, screw ESPN, and screw WWE, and screw all you scumbag. Like that's not the jovial Seth Rollins that I know and love. So here it is. Truly, screw this guy, screw ESPN. Screw WWE and screw you scumbags out there who continue to overlook me, discredit me, and underestimate and undermine me. Not even underestimate, undermine me. Oh, I sh- wow. For those of you who have my back and you sing in my song every night, I have a big penis. It's not that small. I don't know where it came up with that from. He's very insecure, obviously. Um, that, that wasn't part of the tweet, obviously. But then later on, he added to it, doubling down, I didn't have a last name to get my foot in the door. I don't pack it in and go home when things get tough. I don't take more than I give. Wow. I'm not a chosen one. I shoulder the effing load every single time, make everyone around me better, over deliver on the regular. How much of this is a shoot by Seth freaking Rollins or Seth Tampa Bay and Rollins as he is now on Twitter? How much of a shoot is this and how much is real? I think all of it's factual. Do you know what the Tampa Bay connection is with him? Did he just move there or something? They probably moved there. Yeah, I would. I would assume. Okay. I mean, why would you live in Iowa if you were two millionaires? You know, no, I get it. Yeah, maybe they're like neighbors to Hulk. Um, hey, brother. Hey, Seth. Hey, Becky. Hey, bro. Let's get a photo op. Uh, I don't think so, Vince. I don't think so, Hulk. Come on, brother. It'll be great. It'll be great. I'll put it on my social media. HH, brother. Uh, we're gonna go. Thanks anyway, though. You're a legend. We love you. What's up, brother? Come on, man. Hey, brother Seth. Brother, brother Seth. Becky. Sister brother Becky. Becky. Yeah. Do you, do you, do you guys like karaoke? <laughs> I got this bar, karaoke bar. You guys come in Monday nights. We all sing songs. You don't. You're not busy Monday nights, are you, brother? Well, I got to tell you right now, brother, you come on down to karaoke and you and I take a picture together and I'll put it on the Hulk Hogan social media, brother. Come on, don't be it. So what were we talking about before Hulk Hogan? Seth Rollins. Yes, Seth Rollins. Shooting on Cody Rhodes getting all this credit. 
And how much of it is coming from a real place? I think a lot of it is. Maybe he realized Vince was out the door and he's like, screw it. Let me just go for it. He's got another year and a half on his deal. But a lot of people are suggesting that Tyler Black might make an appearance in AEW. For those of you who don't know, Tyler Black was Seth Rollins' independent name. And he actually has a school called Black and Blue Wrestling School in Davenport, Iowa, which I think he opened up with. uh... But, yeah, so so Seth Rollins, I, I think he really makes a good point here. Cody Rhodes doesn't get off to the start he had unless he has a good match at WrestleMania. If Cody Rhodes has an average match or below average match at WrestleMania, I don't think he gets the momentum continued as easily as he did. But Seth Rollins told a great story and gave him the match, one of the probably arguably his best match in WWE ever. Right. Yeah, he definitely helped. And I mean, he's been a workhorse. I mean, I can't complain about anything he's done in the ring. He's been top notch. But, man, that laugh just kills me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So a couple other things going on in, in the world of professional wrestling. Body Dottie, what is your opinion on the state of AEW right now? Uh, we had a couple of things happening. Kenny Omega is rumored to be coming back very shortly. Also rumored that CM Punk and Brian Danielson will both be back by all out. So those are three monster names coming back to AEW over the next month and a half. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's huge news that they're going to all reappear at that uh, pay-per-view. Um, it, it's a big one. It's needed. Like, hey, you know what? Like, their competition just lost their CEO. And it's time to start, like, really being aggressive Playing this, playing this smart, and try to get more eyes onto your product. It's almost as if that Tony Khan, the way they're booking and the, and the way they're structuring the shows, they're happy with their audience because they're not changing anything. A lot of really great matches, but storylines are not quite what they could be in a lot of respects. Um, like, for example, oh, pardon me, for example. Darby Allen and Brody King. That has been kind of a minor storyline in AEW. They have an entire backstory from the independents that nobody that watches AEW, then only AEW just started watching in the last two years and including myself. And I've been watching AEW since the beginning, even when they were in new Japan, I don't know anything about Brody King or Darby Allen's past. Right. Wouldn't that be nice to know when they're having this fucking rivalry? Why hasn't this been mentioned by Excalibur? Excalibur finally mentioned it this past week. Oh, really? Okay. I and he's it. like, oh, they know each other really well. They used to be friends. And, and it's like, well, why didn't we not know any of this? If you had it on a YouTube video, a two-minute YouTube video, well, it's good you're getting it out there, but you got to start telling these stories on Dynamite, too. You can't let people wondering why these two guys are fighting so vor- voraciously. Yeah, And they've got to do a better job at hitting the details with these stories because these storylines are too complex in many respects where you can't just mail it in. You know, luckily, FTR and, and particularly Dax Harwood cut a beautiful promo talking about his daughter this past week promoting this this tag team match, which is almost good enough for where I'm going to get this, this Ring of Honor pay-per-view this weekend because I would love right. to see that tag team match. I'd also love a couple people from ring of honor that hasn't made a lot of appearances on AEW, like Dalton castle, 
Gresham and Castagnoli is going to be great. So it's a really good pay-per-view. But FTR and the Briscoe brothers had this really awesome face-to-face having a drink together, talking about their legacies and everything that they're doing. So those are the kind of things they have to start sprinkling more on their broadcasts. The problem is, is what do you cut out? Well, you could cut out the 15th Jay Lethal promo about Samoa Joe. It's been, I mean, it's only, it's only a minute, so I'm not going to go crazy. It's a minute backstage, but we've got to start getting the finer details with some of these storylines. So we care more about these characters because right now, unless they're already, you know, characters that's already been established, it's hard to get these finer points of these storylines, which I think is some of the beautiful things about AEW. I'll tell you how I would get those storylines out. How? I would make a I would make a rule where if I had a Danhausen segment, I would not have an Orange Cassidy segment, and vice versa. That way, you're only getting one of those guys per show. Just because you don't At want that most. much comedy. I, I, I yeah, I'm tired of all the comedy that they're shoving down my throat. Cassidy's had a really good match recently with Wardlow. That was a good match. With who? Cassidy fought Wardlow. That was a really good match. I thought they demeaned Wardlow like nobody else. Well, that's because you hate Orange Cassidy and you don't buy him as an main event caliber guy. Which is fine, but unfortunately, I don't. That doesn't change the fact that he's not a main main event caliber guy because they will not mean it maybe main event, but he's up. He's right there with Wardlow in terms of their spot on the card. You know, I mean, Orange Cassidy just wasn't a great match with Will Ospreay. Well, Orange Cassidy's still very popular, whether you like it or not. I get that it's cheap. I get that it's the same shit, and I get it. But that worked. Whether you want to see it demean Wardlow or not, it was still a good match. It was a very entertaining match. The crowd was into it. But why why book it that? But, like, why book those two together? Like, I don't understand why they need each other to feed off each other, where they're both baby faces, except for when the the bell rang and Orange Cassidy sort of played the, the role of heel. And then, hey, they have their match. Best friends kind of try to cheat. Orange Cassidy cheats a little. The Wardlow wins uh, after he destroyed, I don't know, 20 security guards here. He could barely get by. Orange Cassidy just beats him by the skin of his teeth. And then, hey, after everything, after he's a bit of a heel, hey, still, we got respect, right? I'm like, and, and then keep in mind, I'm saying this. And then the other part of my frustration comes from when I see what they did with Hook. So I see two like two great babyface potential guys with Wardlow and 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 Hook, and I see that they just went and anchored them on each with some sort of comedic thing, even early, and I and that's where I'm getting really frustrated with them. I'll be understand where I'm coming from with this. I do, I do. I don't think Hook's ready to be a major player yet, so why not make him part of a comedy team and get him on TV? Okay, um, so then you do it with the one, don't do it with the other. That's my thing. Well, who is who are you doing that with Orange Cat? Who are you pairing with Orange Cassidy? Uh, he's not. I, he's not a major concern for me. I'm more concerned about who I'm who I'm going to pair with, like Wardlow, and try to feud with next. Uh, and, and how do I build Wardlow? This is his, you know, one of his first defenses. You know, who's who are we going to make him? Like they they keep on, you know, try to compare him. Some people like to compare him to Goldberg. I think he can be more than Goldberg. He's definitely more he athletic. Has, Definitely a better wrestler. 
And I think he cuts a definitely better promo. Like this guy could be a legend in 20 years. And this is, you know, again, like I, I didn't see the reasoning for it. I, and then, you know, honestly, like in just, you know, dream booking, fantasy booking this, uh, I'd lo- I can't wait to see Wardlow and Hobbs. Oh, yeah. I mean, Hobbs might be a guy that you go after. There are rumors that Ricky yeah. Starks might be a guy who goes after the TNT championship as well. Um, and he's he's another, but just, you know, the two sizes of those guys and how both, like, Hobbs and his frog splash the other night. Yeah. I was like, this is incredible. Like, imagine that against Wardlow. And I'm not saying to do this immediately, but, like, let's start going towards that some way or another. And, like, leave the best friends in Orange Cassidy out of his way. You know what? I think Will Hobbs is not a good. I think it's a great choice to have Will Hobbs take on Wardlow at all out or someone of that ilk. Give it, give yeah. Wardlow somebody you think he might lose. I don't think anybody thought Orange Cassidy was beating Wardlow. And right, right. the idea of the cheating. Well, how are you going to tell a story of Orange Cassidy holding his own without cheating a little bit? You know, so and, and and the comedic buffoonery of them trying to cheat, pulling out a, you know, pulling out a chainsaw. That part of the match, the beginning part was kind of comedic, whatever, to get that Orange Cassidy vibe. But at the end of the day, they wound up having some really awesome spots. The crowd was really into it, particularly after Wardlow turned a, I think, a Huracarano into a, 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 a cartwheel. I mean, Wardlow is over like Rover. So is Orange Cassidy. I don't I mean, it is kind of the same thing with Cassidy. But I think if you were a fan of Cassidy, you might not have had such a big problem with it. Oh, of course not. And I mean, that's part of it. It's just I, it's just way too much for me. I could do with like half of what I'm dealing with with him. Is where I'm at with it. I I got gotcha. you. Understood. Um, I, I think Orange Cassidy is one of those things. I'm not the biggest fan either, and you know that. But I think he's one of those things we're going to have to deal with it because he's really popular with a lot of the regulars. You know, we're probably in the minority of not liking Orange Cassidy at this point. No, I mean, Tony Khan dresses as him for Halloween. So, I mean, I know my opinion means shit. <laughs> well, I don't think it's just Tony Khan. That's the thing. If it was just Tony Khan, then I think we'd have a legitimate beef of, and then changing it. But until Orange Cassidy doesn't bring ratings and until he doesn't get pops, he's going to be on your TV. So get used to it. Even though I would not, I don't think it's a too far of a stretch that they might be turning heel soon. I think best friends are about to turn heel, or at least one of them. Or two, or two of them are going to turn on Cassidy. So there's going to be that, which is going to be probably interesting. You just start seeing the frustration there coming through, particularly after you to beat Chuck Taylor this past week. You saw when Chuck Taylor was trying to be, and that was a really good match too. You kind of saw the dynamic of, of Moxley being the bigger brother to Yuta, and you see Yuta kind of saying fuck off to Chuck Taylor, even though Chuck was trying to show some kind of empathy and, and love to his student, stopping Beretta from beating up Yuta, but then Yuta said fuck off and, and gave him a cheap shot. And then Yuta wound up pinning him. So you're seeing some th- some character work here, I believe, within the best friends. And also, again, that relationship with Moxley. And we would be begrudged, Moxley and Yuta, and we would be begrudged if we didn't talk about how hilarious William Regal was on the phone or was on the, on the mic interacting with Mr. Cassidy. That was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, I love Regal, but again, Cassidy on the mic, and barely speaking during the announcing again, it's just another waste of time for me, man. And, and and here we went from having Orange Cassidy involved back-to-back shows or back-to-back weeks, right? Yeah. With 
with Wardlow in the TNT belt. And then next thing you know, the following week, it's Cassidy and his merry best friends being involved with the uh, Blackpool Combat Club, namely the world champion. So now they're involved in a match with the world champion. And again, it's just shining another light on Orange Cassidy. And again, he's being jammed down my throat. Was his three words that he said on commentary too much for you, bud? I mean, it was mostly, I mean, he was just there. It wasn't like he was a big part of the broadcast. Yeah. And it's just, again, you hate him, man. You guys, it's, it sucks. It's ruining. It's, I think it's ruining spots for you. It really is. And I feel bad for it. Cause that was a great tag match too. Um, you know, I don't know if it necessarily is ruining certain spots for me, but you know, it just, the worst part of the show is when I have to deal with that. And then I have Dan Housen either prolonging that same segment or involved in another segment. And then I'm like, Oh God, can we just get to something like FTR related at this point? And they did. Um, and Ricky Starks is over like Rover. I mean, they were actually popping for him when he made fun of Dan Housen. So they oh, yeah, yeah. so now Definitely. at Team Taz, Team Taz, you had easily have three guys who are getting cheered because Hobbs is getting cheered every week. I mean, the crowd was pulling for Hobbs and Starks in that tag team match. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the I think the crowd was happy with with Swerve and Lee. Clearly, they were over and they were getting cheered. But Hobbs and Starks, there was something there that I think people really wanted to see them gravitate to that level. Instead, we're going to get uh, Lee and Swerve. Probably not a very long tag team reign. I think they're going to lose it. And of course, we think Swerve is going to turn on Lee because that was foreshadowed in their title win. Um, yeah, but another weird moment in that match. I, like again, like. Why would he look to go and knock him out before winning the tag team belts? Swerve makes zero sense. I don't think he was trying. See, I didn't look at it that way. I looked at it like he was saying, I want to hit him with this. I don't think he was looking right. to hit Lee. I said, I want to hit the other guy with this, but I'm not doing it because it's against your code. I think Lee wanted to, he had it and it looked like he was, he was, he was facing Lee, but I don't think he was, I think he fucked up. By looking like he was going to hit Lee. I think he wanted to hit the other guy. He should have looked at the other guy and then looked at Lee and then got pissed off because Lee wouldn't approve winning that way. That's where I, I think hit. there was. But he fucked up by looking at Lee the whole time, making it look like he was going to hit Lee. Nah, I think this is they're playing off that whole thing with him eliminating him in that battle royale. And this is about them having some fr- friction between them. But that's, that's the way I'm the, reading this. Well, you can still have you can still have if they did that, then that is stupid. That is stupid. Right. If that yeah, was yeah. the intention. That was stupid. However, I took it as he didn't use the belt because Lee wouldn't have like let him win. Like, why would you knock your partner out in that instance? And I even think, and I even think one of the announcers mentioned that during like the last show, they were talking like, ah, they still showed signs of like having issues while they won it or something. I think it was like Shivani. So again, they're playing. They're just like they're teasing this thing, and it's like. Yeah. Why are you teasing their breakup as they win the title? So such a strange way. So I don't think they were teasing a break. They're teasing a breakup because they're seeing that Swerve wants to do things a little bit more underhanded than Lee. That's going to be the dichotomy. It's it's one of the oldest tricks in the book. There's one guy who's a who's a true baby face, and one guy wants to win by any any means necessary. And eventually, you guys and they they butt heads. I think that's where they're headed. I think Swerve was supposed to look like he was going to hit his opponent, and then they should have had it where Lee kind of like no. And then Swerve was like, and then he throw it down and then he, then they win the title anyway. And so I I think that's what the execution was supposed to be. And I don't know if Swerve nailed it because to your point, it would, it would have made no sense. Why are you trying to hit your point? Why why would you hit your partner in that instance? It makes no sense. 
so this is the recreation of Keith Lee almost like trying to reenact a story. He's like, no, <laughs> don't do that. Swerve. Say what you want about Keith Lee. That jump over the top rope was impressive. Like he's done some things in the ring. He's looked very good in the ring the last couple of times he's been out there. I, I thought that match was great. I really thought that match was, was excellent as well. That tag match was brilliant. Um, and again, it was surprising. So again, AEW's put on some really great matches. You're getting that. Even the tag match with Jade Cargill and Kiara Hogan facing my girl, Willow Nightingale, who I think is a star waiting. And Athena, I almost forgot her name, but there were some awkward moments between Willow Nightingale and Athena. Like she went for a high five in the beginning of the entrance and, and, and Athena was just like, no, I got to do my entrance thing with the wings, bro. And then it just looked awkward. And then there was another, I don't know if that was intentional because there were a couple moments with Willow Nightingale being like rah, rah. And Statlander looked like she was thinking she was a clown. Statlander looked like she didn't want to be there. Really weird. Right. But the match itself was really good. And Jade Cargill, is the premier champion in that in that in terms of women? She's the premier champion because Thunder Rosa is obviously really struggling right now in terms of making an impact on her title reign. Are you not a fan of Thunderstorm? I don't know what they're doing, and and Britt Baker, she's wearing on me too a little bit here. So, um, and I love Britt Baker, but you know she same exact thing backstage promo that didn't really was a waste of time with Thunder Rosa and whoever else. And that's been kind of the theme backstage promo that doesn't go anywhere. She might be able to cut a hell of a promo in Japan in, in Japanese and a hell of a pro promo in Spanish. She can't cut a promo in English that well. She just can't. God bless her. She speaks probably five different languages, but she is not compelling television on AEW. She might be great on the Indies. She might be great overseas. She has really struggled to continue to be compelling in AEW television. And that's something that, has to be addressed soon. And I would assume that she's going to lose that title sometimes sooner than later. Yeah, I don't yeah. think she's long for, long for this reign. And you might see a shift with Statlander going over her because Athena did say the world title would look good on you where the TBS champions would look good on me. So you might see that shift Statlander over to the AEW Women's Championship. But the crowd really wants to see Statlander lose to Jade, not beat Thunder Rosa. So again, Tony's got to understand that just because you had these plans, sometimes there's these organic shifts. Statlander is about to lose hers, but sometimes there's these organic shifts where a star catches fire. You had that with Statlander. That window of opportunity is closing for her and keeping her off TV and not putting her in a good light in promos is not helping. And Tony's got to do a better job at capitalizing on, on this kind of stuff. Yeah, in her case, especially, man. I mean, she's been there for a while. She's been really improved. I wasn't really a big fan up until recently. No, she started I mean, talking I'm, from the heart. She started pretending, stop pretending like yeah. she was an alien. Yeah. <laughs> now she's she just more than a woman. Her story. Yeah, and she's doing, and she had a. She's been really improved in the ring as well, and that is somebody. Who, yeah, I'd rather see her over Thunder Rosa, but uh, you know, I, like you mentioned, every I like I think you said. Uh, you might have said like people want to see Jade Cargill beat Statlander. I think people would be cool with Statlander. No, the other way around. Beating. Yeah, that's, yeah. So, oh, yeah, that's what yeah. I meant. Sorry, Statlander. Yeah, yeah. So, Statlander yeah, should be the one. Yeah, I, I'm. My thinking is that Statlander should be the one who takes Jade out and let it yeah. be a big celebratory moment. Maybe a full gear. Maybe even because Jade's doing a lot of compelling stuff right now. Everything involved with Jade has been, and that match was actually really good. Athena and Willow Nightingale. And Jade and Kiara Hogan, for that reason. These are four women that 
certainly would not be in any danger of having to sign an NDA if they were in a WWE. Take that any way you want it. But they would not be in that position that so many other women have been in because they don't have that Vince McMahon classic look. They all are different looking women, different sizes, different shapes. And it's beautiful that they put on this really good match. And more importantly, the crowd was into that match. Usually when you're seeing women matches, the crowd is barely alive. This crowd was into this match. Atlantic Georgia brought the heat this weekend or this past Wednesday and very happy with that women's match. And honestly, I thought it was overall a great night of, of wrestling with AEW. Don't understand why you have how the finish with Kingston was the match got really convoluted and weird at the end. Why is Kingston throwing Jericho into that after Jericho won the match? Is it Kingston lost the match, but he won the war. Is that how it's oh, are they exactly. Done now? That's exactly it. My friend. Well, then why didn't you just have Kingston lose the first match and have him win this match? Then he could win the war and the match. Or is this just a way to keep Jericho from sit from saving face saying that he didn't lose the, the, the war necessarily, and then they could all move on because I think everyone's kind of tired of JAS and Blackpool Comet, but it's time for the Blackpool Comet Club to start taking over the AEW and hopefully into a heel turn where they beat the living fuck out of CM Punk when he comes back. Love you, CM yeah, Punk. Um, yeah, but the um, like in that match, though, again, it's like that, that should have been Eddie's match. He should have won that, and and again, you know, Jericho's going to play it like, hey, he, he was the one that got thrown into that contraption at the end there. He also got his nose broken by the chair. So he looked bloodied and, and played the role. Stretchered but out too. Convo- he was stretchered yeah. out after the match. After they went off air, he was stretchered out. But when we look at wins and losses, Eddie lost. And you know what? It, there was so much shit going on in that match between the shark cage, uh, take Conte, but not being able to unlock the, the lock. They got um, past that very easy, that very luckily and very quickly. Once they realized that was an opening, I don't know if it was planned to have the, the, the bars that wide open, but they threw an audible on that. It's certain, what that reminds me of is, is when they couldn't find the keys against Kevin Owens and Heyman. Roman Reigns. Yeah, Heyman. Yeah. And they had to, and, and they couldn't open it either. I mean, if Paul Heyman can fuck up, I'm not going to be too pissed off about to take Conte or whatever the case may be. But they had a backup plan. I think, I don't know if it was intentional, but those bars are wide enough where they were all able to get out anyway. So it was, because if that was maybe 10 seconds longer, that would have been an an unmitigated disaster. The crowd already started booing a little bit already. Right. And then previous to that, you had the Sarah J turn, which what, two or three weeks earlier. Anna J. Anna J. Come on. Yeah, I'm sorry. Anna J. Um, turn where like what three weeks earlier she was in rochester and she's dark order for life but i guess not anymore and now we have uh her back with tay conti and then of course you have the return of sammy guevara who gets involved in the finish and what a botch at the end there too man between sammy jericho and eddie i don't know if you like uh watched what happened there man. which but part like, i thought i thought i um, thought the final judas effect looked good but there was yeah, one where eddie went for that. a swing yes. and he completely missed that's it. And but that didn't like, look – I don't think that impacted the match, though, because he wanted oh, – like it, it was weird because, like, Ed, like because Jericho and, like, Sammy got into it, and it was almost like they were fighting each other for a second. Like, it was totally confusing. That could happen in a real fight, though, so I don't have a big problem with that. I, I really – because he missed. He swung and missed. That can happen in a fight. And if he hit it, who is going to go down there? No one was supposed to go down. I don't know if he was supposed to hit him because – 
Who was if he if he connects? One of those guys couldn't be in there in the finish that happened five seconds later. And the finish, you needed both guys to beat Eddie. So I don't know if he was supposed to connect there. I don't know if it was a botch. I think you got to think about that a little bit. Yeah, I'm not sure, man. But it just looked like uh, this is a cluster. It was a it was a clusterfuck of a finish there. I thought the the final juice effect looked good. Looked good, and I thought that's the important part that the finish looked good and the finish looked fine for me. Um, but it was really convoluted with the and I mean I did want I did see Anna J turning, but you could, again tell the story as to why go through their history because they just teased Anna Tay Conti trying to coax Anna J to the dark side last week. Tell that story a little bit. Make it make me care about Anna J because she was a rising star, and all of a sudden you turn her heel. And I don't really know why, so I don't care that much. Right. That was the problem. They could have worked it out a little bit longer and told a better story. And they're, some things they're rushing and some things are taking too long. They got to really bring it together. Hey, look, they're only, they're only been on television for not even three years yet. But these are the things that we want to talk about because we want it, eventually we want it to be better. And those are yeah. things. And if we're going to be fair, we have to be critical. But yeah, Eddie, agree. Eddie Kingston, because he won the first match, I think they, they felt like they had to give Jericho the, the win just for, you know, maintain Jericho's elite status and level. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see with the Jericho Appreciation Society. It's going to be good to get the Blackpool Combat Cub doing something different. It's going to be good to have the Jericho Appreciation Society doing something different. I think they had some legend. I, they had some really great matches. The, the Anarchy in the Arena, even though it's not our cup of tea, is considered one of the best hardcore matches of all time. They had the Blood and Guts, which I thought was, was which has gotten a lot of great reviews, whether we liked it or not. The majority of people thought it was a really good match. So where do you go here? I think, and does the Blackpool Combat Club turn heel on the returning of CM Punk? Because something that you've noticed very, and we've mentioned before, Blackpool Comic Club are referring to John Moxley as the world champion, not the interim champion. So they're going right, to have right. who's the real world champion when they come back. And I like it. I think Blackpool Comic Club needs to take out CM Punk or to CM Punk join the Blackpool Combat Club and Moxley to turn babyface because Mox and Punk against each other. I think most people would think Mox would be the bigger babyface. And they would, I think his reality and his realism kind of because. Punk was getting booed when he was facing Eddie Kingston. Right. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to play that. And, you know, actually, here's one way to sort of help control it, too, especially if they still have FTR with Punk, he's going to get some residual cheers from them. Yeah, they're 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 dynamite. You're feeling on Dad, both of us with daughters. You're feeling on Dax Harwood's promo. I thought it was a thing of beauty. It was as real as it got. Uh, it was poetic and it was moving and probably the best thing I, I, it might've been the most enjoyable moment of the show for me. Yeah, it was up there. I was the only, I got, I do my rating on the everydayfan.com, and that was the only spot that got five out of five. I go, I go scales of one to 10 and for promos one to five and promos that got a five out of five. That was the only perfect score of the night. Um, I honestly thought, the opening match with Brody King and Darby was okay. I thought, I think I gave it a seven out of 10. We kind of saw where it was going. So that's going to be interesting. House of Black versus Darby and Sting. I do feel like King and particularly Darby Allen feels a little bit less relevant. And it's all about Malachi and Sting. 
which you don't want your 63-year-old star overshadowing Darby Allen. And they've been good at making sure that hasn't happened yet. But it seems like Sting is starting to take a little bit more of the shine off of the young Darby Allen. Completely. And that's, you know, and that's what they're building towards. Zalister versus Sting. You know, it's, it's, you know, darkness versus darkness and they can't resist it. So, I, and I agree with you. Darby should be front and center here versus Alistair. Yeah. Or maybe that is what they eventually turn to if Sting takes some time off. Because, I, I mean, Sting, every time Sting's on TV, they get every drop out of him that they can and they get as much entertainment out of him as possible. And certainly no trick to that. No secret to that here as well. And... Besides that, AEW really waiting some stars getting back. I would like to see some more detailed storytelling. But overall, I still think Dynamite was the best wrestling show on television. And I think it has been the last couple of weeks. So there's that. That's good. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's by default, though. WWE has been garbage. Yeah. It's like, I don't know what you could be really comparing it to. Uh, it's like, yeah, uh, this, uh, you know, this uh, less uh, uh, repulsive uh, pile of garbage is uh, not, not as uh, amazing or, or terrible as this pile of garbage here. Well, well, eventually right, we have right. to dr- we have to grade them on a curve somehow, man, because it's only yeah. it's all we got. You know, we could just sit here and bitch about professional wrestling how much better it could be and how shitty it is, or we can try to appreciate what we got. <laughs> now that Vince Maybe, isn't around, yeah, or you need to like open your heart to control your narrative. Oh man. Even though, if anyone's interested, the G132 Climax, which I am also covering for the everydayfan.com, is underway. I've been covering the G1. That's actually getting started in about three hours. The G1 Night 4. Are you excited? I'm so excited. I can't believe it. Okada and Yano going to be battling it out, and they could be battling it out for the soul of chaos and for two points. The winner going Yana- to four. Yanu is a hell of an entertainer, plays great piano and organ. And just his concerts are really just long flowing Greek hair, like hair, right? Yanu. I think you're, you're talking about Yanni. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Toriano is a different guy. He was actually the founder of chaos with Shinsuke Nakamura. If you remember him, he just, he he jobbed out to somebody today that sucked, and I forgot who it was. Oh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Walter's henchman. Yeah, Gunther. Gunther. Sir. Gunther. His henchman. I don't know who I forget his name. Uh, it's like Eisenbergers or Eisberg or something or Eisman or something. Hasselhoff. But anyway, uh, <laughs> he he jobbed out. Yeah, Shinsuke Nakamura. One of the legends of New Japan of pro wrestling of all time. Man, you look at his career in WWE. You talk about a guy on the main roster who's been completely underutilized. He's been U.S. champion and been intercontinental champion. And he's had some good matches. But overall, what you, we expected you since Shinsuke Nakamura, Shinsuke Nakamura to be at this stage of his career, you know, five or six years into it, you would have to say in many respects is a disappointment. And tonight continues that. It's been all downhill since he and Sammy took took on each other at uh, NXT Takeover. I mean, he had look. He he one of the, he had one of the main events at a WrestleMania in a very disappointing match, which many people Bingo, thought was going to yeah. be better. Yeah. And by the way, AJ Styles nor Nakamura has had an opportunity at a main event spot since. 
you know, at, at WrestleMania or even another big spot because AJ lost the title. Uh, I think shortly, a couple months later. Well, I think he lasted another six months with Brian and Brian Danielson lost it. AJ hasn't sniffed the main event scene since then. So uh, that might've been something too. And you know what? We'll see what happens now with triple H there. We'll see. It's exciting times. And it's certainly nothing is for sure. Like Singh would say, the only thing that's for sure is nothing's for sure. And now that Vince McMahon is not there, we will wake up for the very first time. I'm sorry. Vince McMahon senior ran the ran the business for the first time since that night, that day, Vince McMahon, Vincent Kennedy McMahon will not be part of WWE. Wow. It's been a pleasure discussing it with you, brother. And we are just getting started with this story, man. Check us out on Facebook. High spots and cheap pops. That's right. Check us out on Twitter. Check me out on Twitter at Silicon Valley. I changed my Twitter handle, Lottie Dottie. What'd you change it to? Sil- at Silicon Valley. Because Silicon Steve was taken and Steve Valley okay. was taken. So I just combined Silicon Valley. And it's just like the area. Which, as you know, is where I made my first fortune before I dumped it all in crypto and then lost everything. <laughs> it's a tangled web that you, you have woven, but hey, you're still here and still a legend in my eyes. Uh, we're keeping going. And also, hey, I am also right now, as we've mentioned before, writing for the everydayfan.com, having some fun at that. Actually, one article of the week last week for my G132 preview. I am going to be covering. So anyone who's interested in New Japan Pro Wrestling, please check out me at Silicon Valley and check the everydayfan.com for all of your updates for the G132 Climax. And section, you'll check out some of my writing and some other stuff as well. So we want to thank you and please hit the subscribe button. We are at 79 subscribers, which is a lot more than we had a year ago. So that's good. That's all we can talk about. And a lot of exciting things happening in the future. And next week, SummerSlam picks and Vince McMahon. SummerSlam picks and Vince McMahon. I cannot wait for everything left. For high spots and cheap pops to continue to do their coverage. We outlasted Vince McMahon. I did not see that coming either. Fuck you, Vince. Told you, buddy. I told you. Fuck you and your stupid cock. <laughs> buddy. Wonder, I wonder if there's any beer. I wonder if the Good Brothers are having any beers tonight. How would... How would... Fuck you, buddy. But that's probably a, 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 a video text that Doc Allison out by Vince. Fuck you, buddy. Before getting on with the air, I saw on Instagram that uh, uh, Enzo, Amore, and uh, Bubba Ray were together at DJs in Belmar. Like banging? No, hanging out. And it said uh, retirement party. For who? Vince. Oh, is that true? Is that reality? Yeah, 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 like uh, it was on Enzo's page. So Bubba, went, Bubba went there. I thought he'd still look want that that paycheck, paycheck from Vince every once in a while. He's got a show for them on his job. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just his retirement party. It's, it's like he's he could say he's celebrating. Vince, is he celebrating that he's finally quit, or is he celebrating his uh, his career? I think they left it a little ambiguous, you know. Or celebrating the women that he forced himself on. 
I don't know. Bubba, Bubba Reed is lucky that Velvet Sky never worked for WWE, and then he would have the he would be Eskimo Brothers with, the, with, with, with probably Vince and Shane, to be honest with you. Hey, Shano, you take over from here. These are the beautiful people from that one with Dixie Carter. I don't know her. She doesn't look like the chick who played Winter Women. Wasn't her name Dixie Carter, too? Uh, Linda Carter. Wasn't there a Dixie Carter, a famous Dixie Carter? Who was the Dixie? Who, what was the Dixie yeah, designing um, women? That was Dixie Carter. There you go, Dixie Carter. I thought it was the same woman. Completely different woman. No, totally different. Interesting. I used to love designing women. I wanted to bang Annie Potts, but she was too old. And Delta Burke was too fat. God damn it, I hated her. Too fat. I need Nick White by Ajax. She was a fit. She was a 15 on a scale of 0 to 10. The scale was how fat you have to be able to be at TV. All right. Well, every ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. <laughs> this is Silica Steve Allen for Vladdy Dottie. This has been High Spots and Cheap Pumps. We'll miss you, Vince. Either way you look at it.